everyone. This is Gloria, the host of the Love and the Work You Do podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Um, in today's episode, I go deeper into conversation with Masha Sims. Oh my gosh, I have known Masha forever. Um, Masha is a professional organizer with over 25 years of experience in the organizing industry. Masha is an author. She is a speaker. She is a national brand when it comes to organizing. She is the founder and president of Sorted Out, Inc., the leading professional organizing company in South Florida. And she is recognized as one of the top professional organizers in the country. She's authored five formal books on organizing, including the best-selling Organizing Your Day, Smart Office Organizing, and Five Days to a Clutter-Free House, and 10 Time Management Choices. Her books are available in select kiosks around the country. Um, as I said, Masha is well known. She has been interviewed extensively in the media and has been featured in national magazines, including Women's Day, Better Homes and Gardens, Woman's World, Self, Costco Magazine, and Family Circle. Numerous newspapers, including the Miami Herald, The Sun, um, Florida Business Journal. Masha has been everywhere. Masha moved her business online a long time ago. And when I say a long time ago, this is like during the recession of 2008 is when I met Masha. And she, even then she was online. Um, she has over 200 regular participants around the world in her programs, which include a very affordable monthly program to help people get organized and a weekly program with hands-on help, guaranteed success. And she also has another program, which I took part of, which is a professional organizer certification course, which trains and certifies people who want to become professional organizers. All right, so let me toot my own horn. That means I am a professional organizer. So yes, you can hit me up with your questions. In addition, she offers a free daily five-minute organizing challenge to anyone interested in learning the skills of organizing. I, I have to say that Masha is also um, a close friend and confidant to Sandra Felton, um, the founder of Messi's Anonymous. And Messi's Anonymous goes way back, I think, into the early to the late 70s. Or, um, but even everything in that group rings true in this current time that we live in. And in this conversation with Masha, of course, we um, dig deep into a lot of things, but most especially, I ask Masha 
how she became a professional organizer, how she landed in this field of work. You know, my famous life work question. And then I had her do a brief intro about herself. And then we just went into the conversation. We talked about a lot of stuff. Um, urgent and important. How do you define that in your life? How to organize, um, you know, just various organizing topics that I believe you will find interesting to organize your home, be it yourself or even your children. Because yes, we talked about teenagers also. Then if everything I've talked about sounds like something you'd be interested in, I'm going to tell you, come on in, pull up a chair, and let's learn together. Hello, everyone. This is Gloria, the host of the Loving the Work You Do podcast. Welcome to today's episode. And today I have with me Marsha Sims. She is a professional organizer. She's been doing this for over 25 years, people. Um, and um, I'm glad to say that um, I call her friend. And today we are going to, you know, dig deep into maybe a whole lot of stuff, but definitely um, on how you can organize your life. Masha is well known for her filing system and her groups, um, which help people, you know, work on things real time. And she is the owner of um, Sorted Out, and you can find her at sortedout.net. And um, on that note, I will ask um, Masha to give a brief intro of herself to you. Welcome to the show, Masha. Thank you, Gloria. It's a pleasure for me to be here. I don't even know where to begin. Let's see. I started my business in 1992 because I didn't know how to get organized. And I thought if I meet enough friends who were, you know, who are born with that organized gene, then they would tell me what to do and I would just go do it. I had no intention of really being a professional organizer because wow. I thought I didn't know enough. So I joined the National Association of Professional Organizers. And what happened was NAPO back at that time was giving out the names and numbers of people who were organizers. And they were giving people my name. I didn't know how to organize anything. So this lady, people would call and they'd call and I'd get them off the phone. I'd say, oh, you know, no, I'm, you know, no, whatever. And I'd get them off the phone. But this one lady was persistent. She wouldn't stop calling. And she would say things like, but my boss might fire me and, and my boyfriend's gonna leave and I can't let my landlord in. You know, and she'd keep calling and calling. I didn't know what to say. So then I figured out, well, I would just listen because I figured you know, clearly she needed somebody to talk to because she kept calling me. And I wasn't, I, I didn't know anything. So she would call and I would get her off the phone and she'd call back and I'd get her off the phone. And wow. one day she called and she wouldn't breathe. She just kept talking, 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 talking. And I kept waiting for her to breathe so I could say, listen, I, 
I, I can't help it. But she never did. I didn't say anything, I promised. And she said, when can you come? <laughs> now I really am in for it because I couldn't say I'm not going to come because I couldn't say I, she would have thought it was her. Mm. She would have thought that what she said made me not come. And I didn't want her to feel rejected. The problem was me, not her. Mm-hmm. So I made up a price that I had seen written down somewhere. And then I immediately changed it because I felt like, oh my God, that's too much. I don't know anything. And I, and I went to her house and that's how my business started. Wow. Wow. Did not start because I was trying to promote anything. It started because I didn't want that lady to feel bad. And I I think in my business, I've carried that theme forward for everyone. I don't want anyone to feel bad ever. Because Mm -hmm. we all go through trials and stuff in life. This is yours. You know, if this is your burden in life, then I don't need to make you feel bad. I need to help you if I can. If I can't, I need to get out of your way. Let somebody help you. So that's kind of the theme that I use in my business. I I try to help people. And I never let anyone feel bad, ever. That's how I met you, too. In a way, I was, um, I believe... I think it was either 2009 or 2010 that I met you. Um, And I was at a place then where like taking care of um, three people all by yourself, like, and having moved a whole single family home into a two bedroom um, apartment um, or a condo so it's an apartment and I'm like like there's way too much too much stuff and let me let me think well 2009 no that was definitely a two-bedroom apartment I was in not the condo and it was just a lot of stuff um and I hadn't I hadn't thought like all I wanted to do was just move I hadn't thought about how the things would fit into <laughs> to my space. Um, I hadn't thought like, okay, while you're moving, throw some things out. Um, yeah, so I've always gotten that from you. Like you, you work with people at their own time to do what they feel the most comfortable, you know, with. Um, you know, and not only that, but like the yay, you can call me anytime. <laughs> you know, I love, I love that about you too. So um, just thank you for, for being who you are because um, I'm sure not everybody has time for that. Um, well, so. Yeah, and it's important to me. You know, we don't, those of us who are having difficulty with organizing stuff and making mm-hmm. decisions because ultimately clutter is postponed decisions ultimately. Mm, mm. So as we're having difficulty doing that, when you're at the moment when you are ready to make those decisions or to tackle the project that's so hard to tackle, when you get stuck, if mm-hmm. stuck, I want to be there in that moment because I am very good at helping people get unstuck. 
and I have a technique. At first, I didn't even know it was a technique, but it, it, it has turned into that because it works. And I'll tell you what it is. I mean, I'll just give it away to your audience because not rocket science, you can do that. If you are stuck and you can't decide what you want to do with this, for example, you know what this is, right? Oh my gosh, old school. <laughs> so let's say you run into this and you don't know what should you do. And, you, and it makes you get stuck right there. Call me and I'm going to say, is this something you need? And you might say, well, I want it. And I'll say, okay. If you didn't have, and you might want to know, where should I put it? Well, this clearly needs to go to someplace to see if they can develop it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I would say, well, is that something you're going to do? Are you going to develop it? And if you say yes, then I'll say, okay, so where do you want to put it with things that are leaving so that when you leave, you can take it with you? Mm. Or if I say, is this something you want? And you say, no, I don't want it. I, I don't know why. I don't even know why I have this. And I would say, well, what would happen if you didn't have it? Nothing. Well, can you let it go? Maybe you can. So you, because sometimes when we get in that moment, we just need to stop and think about it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes people get stuck and I'll say, well, okay, I, I get it. I understand you can't do that. I understand you cannot clean that table or empty that box right now. But if you could, what's the first thing you would do? You might mm -hmm. say, well, I would take the glass off the table that doesn't belong there. And I would say, well, what would happen if you did that? And you would say, nothing. And I would say, okay, we'll do that and call me back. And inevitably, people call me back in 20 or 30 minutes and the whole table's cleaned off because they just got stuck. Mm -hmm. So I like to help people get unstuck. So I say, you know, if you are working and you get stuck, call me. I'll get you unstuck. And I do it a lot. Yeah. And I'm proud to do that. I'm happy to do that. Yeah. And I love, um, I really love what you do. I remember taking... Um, you know, that one class with you um, where I think we talked about like the methods of cleaning also. I can't remember if it's like Mount Hebron. That's is in my head from somewhere. Um, like like how you have piles just to to get a good visual. Like if a room is like really, really messy, well, how about you just put everything in one corner and and that has helped me tremendously with with my kids when they were younger and i had the power to organize their room when it was messy and i just was like i'm done i'll just do it myself um you know just putting everything on one in one corner and then clearing everything else maybe the bed maybe the dresser and right. just you know that just gives you what you just talked about it gives you that um that joy um in in the space you know it's it's almost maybe spiritual it does something to you you know in your psyche i believe yeah um it's i tell people if everything is messy then the mm -hmm. first thing we want to do is to create an area of sanity because from that one area of sanity you can clean your whole house Mm. one place where you could go that's clean that looks good mm -hmm. that you can say i did this well if i can do one room then i can do one room again 
Mm-hmm. Now you have two rooms done. And if I can do this one room and this one room, then I can do one room again. Because it, ultimately it's just one room. And really it boils down to just one surface. We're doing one surface at a time. And organizing is about surfacing. If all you do is just clear everything off of every surface, you'll feel amazing. Even if under your cabinets are a mess and then you know closets are a mess, it doesn't matter right then because you need to start and feel good. So you start with the surface, a table, a chair, a something, a floor. I love surfaces. Yeah. Like there are two places in my house that I try to, well, I'll say I've learned now because it was, it's, it was difficult um, at the beginning, but I've learned to just make sure at least those two spaces are serene enough. And that's, it might be different for everybody else, but by just the bathroom at the, at the kitchen, I just want to see spaces um, there. Right. Yeah. Clear surfaces are the key. Like when you go to a hotel, for example, and you walk in and you feel like, you know, mm-hmm. that peaceful feeling. Why? Because there's nothing on any surfaces. All the surfaces are cleared off. You can have that same feeling in your house. Just move all that stuff. Just move it. So then people say, well, where do I move it to? You could put it in boxes and cover the boxes up temporarily. But you can't do that. Permanent, that's not a permanent solution. If you're going to use boxes to clear it up, then you need to promise yourself that every day you're going to spend 15 minutes emptying the boxes. If you do it, eventually your house will be clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another big question people ask me is, where does everything go if like, I need to move things off my table, but I can't because the place where these things need to go is already full. Mm-hmm. So where does it go? And the answer is just because the place you need to put something in is full does not, excuse me, does not mean that's not its home. Mm. It just means something else is in its home. So you should have homes for every type of thing. So for example, I have a stapler right now that I'm looking at on my table because I was stapling some things. It's home is in my desk area with my office supplies. If the desk area was filled up, that doesn't mean that's not the home of the stapler. It just means something else is in its home right now. So the other thing needs to go so the stapler can go home. Mm -hmm. You have to create a home for things. All your linen should have a home in a linen closet, in a closet, in somewhere. All of your dishes should have a home. All of your papers should have a home. Everything should have a home where it ultimately belongs. You know, that's really um, important. Like if I could do some things differently with my kids when they were younger, and, and not that I didn't do some things, I just had to choose what was priority. Um, but if I could do something, it would be, you know, just taking the time to be with them so that they learned about that. But we were always so busy, you know, if we weren't um, doing some extracurricular thing 
um, with school, then it was a school activity, or even I was busy with work, or I was busy with um, community stuff, or even, you know, church events, or it's the summer, and you're like, you know what, all we do is just hang with the kids during the summer. I feel like all those little things, um, they kind of contribute. And that's why what you said makes sense. I wrote it down. It's like clutter is postponed decision. Like I know I need to organize, but I'll be like, you know what? Summer is for fun. And we are going to clear it up in the fall where uh, we're all cocooned inside. <laughs> no, that you, you did the right thing because if you, if you work on all the stuff and you don't spend time with your kids, you'll regret it because eventually they're gonna grow up and leave. It doesn't seem like it when they're there, right? It seems like they're gonna be there forever, but eventually they wanna grow up, they wanna leave and eventually they will and they should. And at that point, you want them to carry with them the values that you've taught them. Mm-hmm. If you've not spent 15 minutes with your kids in 15 years, they don't have the values from you. Mm-hmm. And the values from everything else, from the other people at church, from the things on TV, from their friends, from their friends' parents, from, you know what I mean? From everything mm-hmm. else but you. Mm-hmm. And so your kids are so much more important than cleaning up. Mm-hmm. You know, they are so much more important. Just don't ever neglect the kids for stuff. Mm-hmm. What we need to clean up is stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. stuff is much less important than interactions with people, especially your children. That's true. That is true. Um, and I feel like those are the decisions I made at that time yeah. of my life. Like, yeah. you know, um, but in I, like parenting is, um, is a lot of work. That's just what I know now. Like we shouldn't be getting into it lightly. And I feel like I just got into it lightly. So. So my question is, um, I know one of the things that um, you're, you, you teach us um, when we come to any of your program is the four categories of time management. Um, and I know that's worked for me um, a lot in my life because like when I have to make an instant decision, I'll go, okay, urgent, important, I can't remember the other ones now, but the urgent and important, everyone in my house knows those two. Cause I'm like, if we're trying to get to school and um, you all of a sudden decide that your homework wasn't done and you need to do it now. That is really, really um, in my head. Um, let me see where that falls. It's urgent, but it's not important because important is us getting to school on time this morning um so i've you know i've used it and i feel like my kids kind of get the the concept of that but do you mind speaking about that okay there's urgent and important those are the things that have to get done because they are things that either you didn't do until they became urgent or Mm. they just show up with a degree of urgency and they're important those are the things that absolutely get done because you have to, because they're urgent and they're important. For example, the example I like to use is, if you didn't pay the light bill and you look and you see that it's due today, today is the cutoff date, well, you're gonna pay it because 
it's urgent, you let it get there. Mm -hmm. And it's important or you'll lose your electricity. So most people will stop everything and take care of it. If something happened to one of my sons, if I got a call that said, you know, your son's been in an accident or something, life would stop because that is urgent and it's important. Everything else would stop and I would go do what I could do to take care of that. So those are the things that absolutely get done. Then there are things that are important, but they're not urgent. Those are the life quality things. Those are the things that you always said you wanted to do, but you never got around to it because it wasn't urgent. That's the quadrant where the book you want to write lives. That's the quadrant where the business you want to open is. That's the quadrant where the traveling that you want to do lives. All those things that are important to you that could tremendously enhance the quality of your life, but you don't get around to it because there's no degree of urgency. Because mm. if you never do it, you know, nobody will know. You'll know, but the world will the world will not miss the book that you don't write. Ooh. Oh my God. Oh, I want to cry right there. Yeah. Oh, hurts so bad. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Then there are things that are urgent, but they're not important. And those are the things that suck away all the time. For example, the phone rings. We, you know, a long time ago, we would pick it up. We'd say, well, I don't, I, I need to pick it up because I won't know who called. But now we have all have caller ID. We know who's calling. And you know what we do? We do the same behavior with a different excuse. We say, mm. but I have to pick it up or I won't know what they want. Mm. Same behavior. But every time the phone rings, is it important? Of course not. But as a matter of fact, most of the time it's not important. But we stop our lives yeah. to answer the phone. Mm -hmm. When you get that ding or that click for your text message, what do we do? We stop our lives. We could be doing something really important. We'll stop and look at the text message. Mm -hmm. We allow ourselves to be distracted by the urgent. Urgent is based in time. So a TV show that comes on every day at seven that you really like to watch. Mm -hmm. Well, if you don't stop your life at seven, from seven to eight or whenever it is, you're gonna miss it because it has a degree of urgency because you don't wanna miss it. But is it important? Maybe not, maybe not more important than what you're doing. So the things that are urgent are the things that get our attention, the things that are important don't necessarily get our attention and then there's the fourth quadrant and that's where the things are that are not urgent and not important but they matter like mm -hmm. taking a break taking a nap journaling meditating well it may be important but if you never meditate mm -hmm. you know it, it doesn't fall in any of the quadrants Meditating today is not so important because you can always meditate tomorrow or tonight. And that's what we tell ourselves when we push things off. Taking a break is important. Going to the movies, you know, taking a load off, going to the beach, that's what we do here. Or whatever, wherever you go into the mountains, whatever you do where you are. But those things fit in the not urgent, not important category. That's the category where you take a break. Uh. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the four quadrants of time are. Hmm. Not urgent, not important. But isn't that really important? Isn't that what life 
fuels our soul, the non-urgent that keeps us going? Well, okay. Every single thing is a matter of your opinion, right? So if I say to you, it is very important that you file your papers when they come in so they don't pile up. Mm -hmm. You may say, ah, it doesn't bother me. I pile them up for a week, then I put them in the file. See, okay. it, it, how urgent is it to you? There are some people, a paper comes in, they file it because that's important to them. For some people, a paper comes in and they never file it till they get to my class. <laughs> it wasn't that important at the moment. Mm -hmm. So it's all a matter of what it means to you. If meditation is your life, like I have a friend who meditates twice a day, period, that is important to her and it falls in her urgent and important quadrant. Because to her, it is a, it's highly important. For me, I took the same class. I don't do it like I should. I have this question that I had in my head before today. Two, two more questions. Um, so first of all, how do you use our time to accomplish what we want to accomplish? The most important thing in time management is prioritizing because you always want to get the most important thing done. Mm -hmm. So there's a book called Eat That Frog. And I know it sounds gross, but the mm -hmm. premise of the book is do the most important thing at the beginning of the day. And then the rest of your day is easy to get that mm -hmm. out of the way. And that's what we don't do. What we do when we procrastinate is we take the most important thing and we say, I don't want to do this. I'll sit it over here. I'll get everything else done. And mm -hmm. then I'll get around to that. So we're not efficient. If we did the opposite and we said, okay, here's the thing I really don't want to do. I'm going to get it out of the way before the day gets started. It frees your whole day up. Mm -hmm. Or at least it frees you up so you're not mentally worried about that thing. So the most important thing is prioritizing and okay. doing the most important things before you do the least important things. Hmm. But I get such a boost from doing the least important things. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Listen, I'm the first to tell you that playing Tents and Trees on my phone or watching Star Trek is far more pleasurable <laughs> than any organizing work I have to do. <laughs> But it won't take me where I want to go in life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. How do I organize my home um, if everything is cluttered? Like, how do I even even start? Say I moved and I have five, four chairs in the living room, right? And maybe normally the living room should probably have, depending on the size, max two, um, you know, maybe three if it's a bigger room and you have like maybe two dining tables, um, a filing cabinet, um what do they call those things the things you post behind the chairs that also have your pictures and you know your flowers on it and you got your two side table and 
and you know and then the living room coffee table like and every day you walk in and you know for a fact like something is off like how do you even start do you tackle that yourself can you tackle that yourself or should you at that point <laughs> reach out to someone to help you okay the way you start is with a plan but even before the plan you start where you're uncomfortable so when people call me and they don't know where to start i ask what either what bothers you the most mm. or what would make you feel the best if it were done either one tells us where to start so if if everything is a mess let's say the house you describe everything is a mess you have too many chairs in the living room, too many dining room tables, too much kitchen stuff to fit in your cabinets, too many clothes to fit in the closets, too many shoes, the whole gamut, right? Too much paper, everything. So how do you start? You start with where do you want your area of sanity to be? What's first? Let's say you say to me, well, the first thing I want is I want my entryway to be normal so that I can have people come over so that my kids can feel comfortable having friends come over. I want to be able to open my door when somebody delivers a package without feeling embarrassed. That's where I want to start. And then I would say, okay, let's make a plan. And a plan looks like a schematic. You just take a rectangle that represents the room and you make a plan for that room. Let's say it's the entryway. So let's say you have a sofa in there and a and an end and a and a table in front of it and maybe a mirror and a counter area. And let's say that's what's in there. So then you make a plan. What belongs in this room? And everything that doesn't belong in this room leaves. So if you say, well, what do you, how is this room used? This this room, what what is the function of it? Mm. Say, well, I want to entertain my friends here. Well, what does that mean? Are you going to have a television and videos in there? Or are you going to have music in there? Then you might need something that plays music. Are you going to have books in there? You're going to read in there? What, what are you going to do in that room? And you make a plan and then you clear that room up. Now you and you take everything that doesn't belong mm -hmm. and move it. And it, to begin, it doesn't even matter where you move it to. You just move it so that it's out of the, the first room and now you have an area of sanity that you feel good about when you walk in your home. Mm. Then we make a schematic of the rest of the house. What other rooms do you have? Let's say you have three bedrooms, okay? They all go on the schematic. Bedroom one, bedroom two, bedroom three. You have two bathrooms, one bathroom one, bathroom two. You have a kitchen and a den kitchen and the den go there. You have a carport or garage or whatever, storage unit. Everything goes on your schematic. Now we go around on the schematic and we make a decision about the function of each room. So bedrooms are typically where we keep clothes and shoes and things like that. Mm -hmm. But if you have clothes and shoes in the room that you designate that's going to be your office, well, they don't belong there. They belong in the bedroom. So you get them out of the office, you put them in the bedroom. At first, it's going to look messy because you're going to have really too much in the bedroom. 
but that's okay because then we work in the bedroom and we clear up what doesn't belong, take it out of the bedroom and put it where it belongs. Ooh, I love that. And that's the way we do it. It's, you know, I, I read this little story. It's a two second story. So I'll tell you, it's called not the bird, right? Like, like somebody asked this famous sculptor who was sculpting these gorgeous birds. And they, they went up to this guy and they said, wow, that's amazing. How do you do that? How do you take this piece of stone or this piece of wood or whatever it is and make these beautiful birds? And the sculptor said, it's easy. I look at the, this thing, the, the wood or the stone, and I remove everything that's not the bird. <laughs> and I said, okay. So with organizing, that's the technique I use. We look at this room that's full of everything that you have decided has this function and needs these items in it. And we remove everything that's not the bird. If you say, my home office is the third bedroom mm. and everything in there should be for my home office, then all the skiing equipment, all of the extra clothes are not the bird. All of the shoes are not the bird. They don't belong there. You see? So everything that doesn't belong there gets removed and everything that does belong there gets to stay. And then once we have all the right things in the room, then we can organize it. Okay, here are all the papers. Where do they belong? On, near, or in the file cabinet. Here are all the blank office supplies. Where do they belong? On, near, or near, or in, or on a shelf. Here are all of the pens and pencils and writing equipment. Where does it belong? Because mm. we know this is the room for all of that. And that's how we do it. So that's how you get started if you don't know. The other thing is I do have a program for that. I have a program that's not expensive at all. It's right now it's $37 for the whole month. And it takes you from the beginning and goes through an entire year of content of how to organize everything. Wow. So people listening take advantage of this. And I will say that um, with Masha years ago, I did one of her programs. Um, and that's where I learned to just be my own um, personal organizer. I went even further. I took um, a professional organizing certification with Masha. And what I found is that everything Masha just talked about, um, the schematics and, and you know, the processes, like what you want to see, those are really important. Um, even if you go as far as, um, what was I about to say, taking her class, um, you'll just find that even if you don't, become certified with Masha, the skills you learn from being in her class is just so life-changing. Again, um, I love clean spaces. I live with three amazing teenagers. Um, and they know like in my bathroom, like I have a basket there. Okay, put everything you're not using in the basket. You know, that's a constant battle. Just like all the moms. Um, but 
even though sometimes they don't put the things in, I am the one that wants the space clean. So I go back in there and put everything in the basket. Um, but just having a clean space, again, back to what we discussed at the beginning, um, that the hotels, when you walk in there, it's just clean spaces. Um, you know, again, if you can do that for your home, then, you know, you get the same impact. So if you weren't taking notes before, probably hit rewind and just write down everything Masha said, because that's like a cheat sheet right there of doing it yourself. But you can also join her group and learn other techniques to help you do this, um, to do this better. So, so, so better yet, mm -hmm. I'll give you my phone number. Yeah. If Plus, somebody has a question, they can call me. It's okay. Yes, yes, yes. And I always send people to you, hopefully. Like, I sh I, someone called me, I think it was last year, because they knew I was like, with all the other 500 things I'm trying to do in this life, um, I was doing professional. I was like, oh, come organize my stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm currently not doing <laughs> doing that. And I, I, I said them your email or your phone number. I was like, just get in touch with Masha and um, you can join her class and get it done. But I do understand that people sometimes don't want to do this themselves right. and, they, <clears throat> and they want someone else to come in. But what I've also learned from you and even from other professional organizers is that we actually don't come in and do, we work together. If you need something organized, the professional organizer comes in and works with you because you. we can't make the decision for you to throw things away or what to keep. It's like a collaboration of sorts. And so it's not a, oh, welcome in. Here's the key. I'll see you later. That's not how professional organizing work. That's more probably like a junk removal service or something. <laughs> um, yeah. So professional organizing is, um, it, it's, it's fun. I like it. Um, but I do also on, and it's good for the upkeep of your house, but also the reality is it's also, a, it's seasonal. And um, I feel like people need to put their head in a good space because like for someone like me, I at the stage I was in like 2009, 2000, I was really stressed about my house looking the way it looked. Um, because I didn't grow up in a house that was just all, you know, every day you're always cleaning and stuff. Um, but... I think with learning the things I learned with you and just coming to a place of maybe healing for myself, I realized like, okay, this is also the stage I'm, I'm in. Like, what can I keep going? And, and then I focused on that. And sometimes it was like, oh, in the nighttime when the kids were sleeping, I cleaned up the house. And when I woke up in the morning, everything was looking good now friday it's you know and then do that most of the times during the week that i had the time 
but on weekends just knowing that you know just turn a blind eye to what's going to happen and um and not stress yourself but i do know certain people um take a clean house seriously especially if you have kids um i remember my ex was like that like you know but again you should have a process when you have kids maybe designate an area that's just for toys but i remember then my i think my whole living room like was like all toys and and stuff like oh my gosh but anyway the good old days the good old days um <laughs> so let, let me let me tell you something that i would do i raised three sons by myself and i would say okay i'm gonna clean up and i would start counting from 10 to one mm. i got past one i would start throwing everything they own in a box i would when i got to one and I throw it in a box, didn't matter what it was. It could be dirty underwear, it could be crayons, it could be books from school, it could be their phone. I didn't care what it was mm. because it was in the surface that I was cleaning. Mm -hmm. I would scrape everything into it and I would put it in the laundry room. Uh. And if they wanted their stuff, they could go to the laundry room and get their stuff. Well, they didn't appreciate having their notebook up next to somebody's dirty underwear. so. So what would happen is once they figured out that was a program, I'd say, okay, I'm going to clean up 10, nine, eight. By the time I got to seven, people were showing up. They'd run in the room from everywhere and grab their stuff that was important to them. Mm. So there were only a few things in the box. And then the next day or the next time I got ready to clean up, I couldn't take it anymore. I would do it again. And then those things got dumped into the box. So what ended up happening was I would have, they could go in the box and find their stuff. Mm. And eventually I might go through it or whatever, but oh. I, needed, I needed my common areas cleaned up. So I would I, go in the box and I just throw stuff in the right room. I just throw it in there. Oh. They hated that. And that's why I did it. So it worked. That's a good, a good one. I think I did one. I don't think I learned that from you. So, so I, <laughs> when you hear what I, I'm going to say, just be like, oh my God, when they were little, what, there was a time where I was just like, you know what, if you don't pick up all your stuff, I'm going to throw it in the trash can, not in the house, but like, um, outside, like I'll tie it up and then I'll take it outside. And, um, and it didn't listen. And so I picked up all the clothes, all the shoes, <laughs> tied it up in the trash bag. Of course, they were young, um, like elementary um, school. And, and so I told them I threw it away, but they didn't know that I hid it in my closet. <laughs> my closet. And um, so, you know, in those days, they consistently kept cleaning the house until, until again, consistently fell through. And they also found out that I, didn't actually throw the yeah so I, I give them back their stuff but it worked for a minute i feel like consistency as should be the thing um for me i think that's yeah, but, one yeah but you know once your kids are teenagers you shouldn't be doing all that stuff i'll tell you something else i did i would do laundry and i would put everything in the washing machine i didn't mm -hmm. sort 
anything. I didn't oh. care what it was, it was red, if it was blue, because if I had a red thing and a blue thing, everybody's underwear came out purple. <laughs> everybody's underwear came out pink and you know boys hate pink, hate pink oh my god and that's what i did so you know what they learned how to do their own they laundry. learned how to do their own laundry they would say mom don't worry about laundry i'll take care of, oh my I'll take care of my laundry <laughs> and, and i actually didn't put everything in a box you know what i did i put it in a pillowcase because mm. the pillowcase was worse and i let and they knew where it was it's in the utility room and okay. they would have to dig into the pillowcase in somebody's dirty underwear to get their clean stuff. And they hated that. Mm. The boxes I use for mice. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah, because you want to put your own stuff in boxes. Yeah, yeah. But, but I never I never worried about it. I, their rooms were disgusting. I said, you know what? This is your room. If you want to live like that, close the door. Yeah, yeah. And, course, yeah. and I thought I was a bad parent, but they all... Now they're all grown up. They're all in their 30s. And they all have neater, cleaner houses than I ever did. You're kidding me. It's amazing. When my oldest son graduated from college and got his first apartment, my oldest son's room was disgusting. I mean, it was really, it was really bad. It wasn't just junky, it was dirty, it, it was really bad. So when he got his first apart apartment and I was going to go see it, I thought I was going to need a hazmat suit. I said, if he lives in his apartment the way he lives in his room, it's really going to be mm -hmm. bad. And I opened the door and I'm still shocked to remember. Not only was it spotless wow. and everything was dusted and shined up, but they had bought these things that go in the wall to make it smell good. Wow. The dishes were clean. The counters with surfaces were clean. And I said, you know what? They know what to do. Yeah. I just didn't want to do it in mm -hmm. my house. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad I did what I did. It worked mm -hmm. out great. I should have said at the beginning, define, and I'm going to take us back there, define professional organizing. Because I feel like interior decoration and professional organizing I don't know where they intersect but in terms of the layout that you described and the planning and all of the that I feel like there there is something and and you know again with all the 5,000 things I've always wanted to be in being an interior decorator is was is on my list it was I wanted to be an architect and then I was like okay it's too long to go to school for that so interior decoration um, but I did learn sewing. I'm sorry, I, I can sew, so I'm still in the arts. But interior decoration and professional organizing have some similarities. Um, well, okay, let, let me tell you where one ends and the other begins. Mm, sweet. Okay, organizing helps you to get everything in a findable format. Mm. Decorating helps you to make it beautiful. So I can come in and if all the walls are white and all the shelves are white, I can help you put everything where it belongs so you can find it. Mm -hmm. But when I leave, everything will still be white. Mm -hmm. The decorator is going to come in and put color and put textures and all that. See, I don't, I don't do that. I don't have those skills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I can make your home neat and orderly where everything in your home is in a findable format. 
but I can't make it beautiful. Okay, okay. A decorator okay. can come in and make your home beautiful, but you still may not be able to find everything. <laughs> <laughs> and once they're done, they are gone and there's nothing you could do about that. Oh, that is so true. <laughs> Okay. Okay. That's a good perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we kind of jumped into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about your filing system or um, share about, because I loved the filing system, but I, I don't, so you have so many programs. There's the filing, there's the tips you give, the five minute tips that people can, can sign up for. Um, there's the groups that people can be a part of. Um, there are people like me that you talk to and help in life. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't know which of them to, to have you talk about, um, but if there was someone, um, and I don't have my phone with me, but I, I do know that a lot of, us due to the stage we are in our lives, right? And maybe just generally because of some form of um, condition, can't, you know, organize ourselves as much as we should. Um, what, which of your service would you say they should start with? Like to, to ease them into. So if someone doesn't have any motivation at all, like they wake up in the morning and you know they barely can motivate themselves to get out of bed, but they do go to work. Okay. Like, where can they start? Okay. They have to have some motivation. They have to want something. I can't make people want something. Hmm. But once they want it, I can help them get it. Okay. Unless they don't want it because they're afraid they are not going to be successful, in which case I can help them to understand that they're going to be successful if they're with me because we're now we're in this together. So they cannot fail if they stay with me. If they stay with me, I will hold their hand and stay with them until it's done. And I don't care how long it takes. But they have to want something. So mm. they have to start with I'll tell you a little bit about my filing system and I'll tell you a little bit about my programs. For filing, I have, I've created what I call the FAST filing system. I use the word FAST as an acronym, which stands for, F stands for file, A stands for action, S stands for shred, T stands for toss. Every paper in your world either needs to be filed away for future reference, it requires some action, like you have to make a phone call about it or you have to go there or something. You're gonna shred it or you're gonna to toss it. And those are the only four things you can do. Mm. So the first thing you do is you sort your papers because generally they're all in a big pile or a box or a series of boxes. So you sort them into the four categories and then first thing you do is throw out the trash because generally it should have been thrown out a long time ago. Like the flyers, the things that you don't wanna do or buy. The things that you want to shred get put in an area so you can shred them. The things that require action should be set up in their own action files because they are different because they need to be handled, done, called, whatever you're going to do with them. And then the files need to be set up in a findable format 
because the only reason to file is so you can find it again. So my filing system is that, and I break it down and teach you how to do it. And then I even have a filing boot camp right now. I don't know how long it'll last, but right now we have it so that people can come to boot camp and actually file. Because what I discovered was I did a 20 week filing class. Last uh -huh. And what I discovered is people would come to class. And then when it was time to say, did you do your homework? No, Marcia, I didn't do my homework because, because the cat ate my homework, because my in-laws came to town, because my son's getting married, because, because, because. But the bottom line was they would show up to class, but they weren't getting their filing done. So I said, okay, I will create a filing boot camp. You already know what to do. I taught you what to do. Come to class and for 90 minutes, you'll do the filing. And that's what we do. We file for 90 minutes. And finally, people are getting their filing done. So that's that program. But there's the class about filing, and then there's the boot camp. Then I have another class where no matter what you want to organize, you come and you actually do the work. I tell you what to do. You go and do it for 20 minutes while I tell the next person what to do. They go and do it for 20 minutes while I tell the next person what to do. And then in 20 minutes, I call you back to see how's it going? Do you have any questions? Did you find something new that you don't know where to put? Do you, are you have you accomplished it? And so we are all like rooting for everybody to get what they're supposed to do today done. So that's that program. Uh -huh. And then I have the $37 a month program. But I also have a free, as you mentioned, a five-minute organizing challenge that anyone can get. It's totally free, no obligation. It just is a reminder every day to do some organizing. And I tell you, if you don't know what to do, you can do the challenge. If you do uh -huh. know what to do, do what you know to do. You can always do the challenge. So that's what I have. Okay. I think um, I love the um, five-minute organizing chat because, like, you have the visuals side by side, yeah. and it's helpful. But I, I see that's how that's helpful and stimulating. But the actual hands-on ninety minutes thing, um, again, like I know in the past we discussed like a similar thing that someone else has. I found that those rooms are good for people like me who find it hard to to make time so if I can put that on my calendar that okay I need to get this done then you know I can show up even if I end up wasting like <laughs> 15 minutes just parambulating at the beginning I still find that you know I I get something something done um and again I I like I like just having that space where you can achieve something so thank you very much what else do we need to touch on that i didn't touch on what would you like to um oh my other question so and i know we've touched on it a little how did you land in the profession you know of becoming a professional organizer so that you know if there's anyone out there who wants to be i i have my certified um um focused organizer certification so i can organize for anyone if you're in maryland and you listen to this you know email me i can help you but um masha 
started over 25 years ago and she used to be a realtor and I think she also worked in the offices at some point so how did it start before I was a realtor I was a speech therapist now that's what I that's my professional career started out in speech pathology wow yeah and then I became a realtor and then from being a realtor I went into I found organizing or rather organizing found me because you told the story of the person who kept calling you okay but let me leave you to finish the story (laughs) okay well what happened was hurricane andrew and i needed something else to do because i had three little kids with a food habit and i had to figure out how to feed them i had no clue what to do Mm. Uh, i had a real estate company we released all of our listings up in the north part of Miami because FEMA was giving people money and all homeowners could charge whatever they wanted for rent. But as professionals, we couldn't do that. We couldn't do any price gouging. An individual homeowner could price gouge, but a professional can't because it's mm. illegal, right? So I, I, I just released all my listings. I said, you know what, do the best you can and I'm not going to obligate you to what we signed. I just released them. But then I didn't have anything. What was I going to do? I needed to work. And my friend told me about a woman named Mother Kelly who counseled, counseled at that time displaced executives. And I went to see Mother Kelly. And Mother Kelly told me that I should be a professional organizer. I don't know where she is right now. I can't find her. I keep thinking one day she's going to see me on a video and she's going to call me up. But she said to me, you should do this. If you do it, you will be very successful. Hmm. And I paid her and I cried because I thought I paid her all this money and she blew it. I don't know how to organize anything. But what I learned is because I didn't think I knew I created the technique of asking questions. How many of these do you need? I don't know how many you need. How many do you need? If if you didn't have this and you were looking for it, where would you look? Mm-hmm. Well, that's where it goes. So I developed techniques based on the fact that I believed that I didn't know. Okay. I, I also would learn from all my clients because they had great coping skills. I mean, they lived here in this, but yet they could do this really good. So I would take this with me to the next person. Uh, and they lived like this, okay. but they could do this really good. So now I had this and this that I could take to the next person. And I loved it because I got instant gratification, which I didn't even know that was something I would want, but I did. So I would come and I'd help somebody And at the end, their house was amazing. Mm. And I learned things like start with the floor. The floor is the largest visual surface in the room. So we would start with the floor. And then, voila, the room looked better. And then I learned how to do surfaces. And then I learned, I learned all kinds of, like, I kept learning. And I was fascinated because I also wanted to know. So I was always reading a book on how to organize because I needed to know. And then I'd go get to go practice it in somebody else's house 
and some of it really worked mm -hmm. and some of it didn't. And then I would take the things that worked and I was so excited every time I came home because, wow, I had done this, that I would come home and I would, I'd use that enthusiasm to keep working on my house. Mm. You know, I would work with people who had the same questions I had. What do you do with all this stuff? I mean, how long do you keep it? How do you know where things belong? What, what do you do if, if you don't want it, but you don't want to give it away? You certainly don't want to throw it away, but you don't want it. What do you do? Like all of my questions got asked to me from my clients. And as I was looking for the answers for them, I kind of helped myself on the back end, which is why when I started my certification program, I specifically said, I'm looking within my client population because mm. those of us who have the problem are much more passionately interested, but also we understand why people feel bad. Like I understand the pain of embarrassment of opening my door. I understand the pain of not knowing where something is that I just had, mm -hmm. I just had it. How could it disappear? My house isn't that big, right? In my opinion. And so I understand how that feels. I understand how it feels for somebody to give you something and say, okay, don't lose this. And I panic because I know it's going to get lost mm -hmm. because I know, or, or I remember one year we walked in my house and there was a blue box in the middle of the living room. Nothing in my house is blue. My house, I have maroon, I have peach, I have uh, uh, like an off-white, pale color. I have a lot of color, but nothing's blue. There was a blue box in the middle of the floor. And I said, where'd this come from? None of us remembered. We didn't know why it was there. We hadn't seen it. We had stepped over that blue box for, I don't know how long, years, months, weeks, we don't know. We had what Sandra Felton, my co-author, calls clutter blindness. We just didn't see it. And so I understand how people don't see it. I had to get used to living with a clear surface. Listen, if all your surfaces are cluttered and full of stuff and you clean off the surface, mm -hmm. it feels uncomfortable. You want to put something back on it so you're in your comfort zone, not so that it's neat and organized, but so you feel comfortable because mm. it's a little out of kilter. So from the knowledge and understanding of all of that, I felt like the people who have the problem are more empathetic. And to me, it's more important to be empathetic than to have mm -hmm. knowledge. I don't need to know where your TV goes. You need to know where your TV goes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you need to move all the stuff out of the way so you can put your TV there. See, that's where I come in. <laughs> so I thought it would be a good idea to get the people in, who are in my programs to become organizers because they would have the, the degree of empathy that I think it requires to make people not feel embarrassed and to feel good about what they're doing. Yeah. So that's how I got started. And, and I love training organizers because I get to have some input into the, into this. When I watch uh, TV shows that I won't mention 
and I see how they treat the people. Like the people are like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what to do. And mm -hmm. they're like, make a decision. You can only have four of them. It's like, you don't understand. I need all eight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't understand. I love all this. You don't understand. And I felt that I want people working with me and for me who, who get it, who understand. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, um, I've always felt <laughs> that. Is there something I should have said um, that I didn't, that you'd like to touch on? Um, that, is a, that is a great question, but no, I think you asked everything. You covered it all. Okay. All right. I, 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 I just, I just want to make sure that people know how to reach me. Uh, yes, we're, go we're going to do that. We're going. I'm going to do that as we round up. So, yes. That's so, um, that's it. Okay. All right. So, thank you so much, Masha, for being on the podcast today. And as we round up, um, I would love for you to share um, with the listeners where they can find you and any upcoming event you'd like them to be a part of um what else and um of course you can find me on um loving the work you do on apple Podcasts, spotify and all major podcast platforms and if you have any questions just find um the email should be in um the comment thread just send us an email and over to Masha. Tell let people know where they can find you and um, your social media handles and your upcoming projects. Okay, so the easiest way to find me is on email. Well, let me start with the name of my company is sortitout.net or Sort It Out Incorporated. But then my website is sortitout.net, and on my website you'll find all of the programs except the boot camp. I don't think it's on there. It, I don't think it's on there yet, but I might be. But you can reach me at marshasims at sortitout.net. That's M-A-R-S-H-A-S-I-M-S at sortitout.net. Be sure you do .net. I say, I like to think of it as a safety net. <laughs> In addition to that, your listeners are welcome to call me I'm in Miami at area code 305-467-8564 because you may have an urgent question. And if you have an urgent question, call me. If you just want to send me an email, send me an email. I'm on everything, but I don't go to everything enough. You know, I'm in the generation that finds all of these 5,000 different platforms confusing. So if you want to reach me, send me an email and we'll go from there. If you need another platform, we can do it, but we'll start with the basics because that's easier for, you know, for me. <laughs> I totally agree. So thank you everyone for joining us. See you all later.